Welcome to the Down and From Podcasts. I am going to be your host tonight. I am the mouth of South Bryland, and I'm going to be joined by two very special guests as we review the new Brian Henson movie, The Happy Time Murders, um, starring a bunch of Muppets and also some other human beings as well. Uh, but before we begin, I'm going to say first we are joined by the one and only host of the Fear Boners. Andrew Abbott, how are you doing this evening? Good, good. I'm doing very good. It's It's been a very puppet-heavy week for me. Um, I'll probably get into that in a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And what are you uh, sipping on and what have you uh, been watching lately? Oh, sure, yeah. I've been uh, sipping on a little bit of Narragansett I had left over. They have this uh, summer lobster citrus fresh catch beer out right now. It's pretty good. Uh, I need to be pumping as much vitamin C as I possibly can to finally get over this cold. So I figure I might as well start there. Um, and as for what I've been watching, um, last night we had a movie night and we watched a little horror movie called Summer of 84. Um, it was pretty fun. A uh, little bit of twists and turns. They kind of try to lead you one way and then, you know, they, they kind of change it up a few times and they kind of make you double guess, like, who's the murderer? It's sort of like a slasher, kind of like, um, the best way I can describe it is sort of uh, Stranger Things meets Stand By Me, kind of. Like, it's very, very derivative, like, watching the movie. There's, like, a kid with a lisp who rides a bike around with a bunch of his friends, and it's like, oh, this is just Stand By Me. I'm waiting for the little psychic girl to show up. But it's, it's a fun movie. I definitely recommend it. Um, and then I did just watch... Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into that one <laughs> because we might actually wind up reviewing that one on Fear Boners, but that was uh, for the 12th movie in that series. It was actually pretty satisfying. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm sure Fear Boners will be quite busy. It looks like a lot of cool horror movies are coming up. Uh, one in particular I'm interested for is simply called Hellfest. So that name yes. alone makes me want to go see it. <laughs> that one looks great. Yeah. And also with us tonight uh, will be his inaugural debut view on the Donald Trump podcast. Uh, we know him as the man himself, Sean. How's it going tonight? Uh, it's going good, and I gotta say I'm glad to finally be making my debut. I know several times before, including uh, I know Luke Cage as well as a couple other episodes. I've been tried to make it on but for one reason or another schedule conflicts whatnot this is the first time it actually matched up where i am here for a recording that's great we're glad to have you and uh, what are you sipping on and what have you been watching lately i am currently drinking a four loco black and i regret it entirely <laughs> uh, i bought it you because it was to the episode where i drank like three of those and almost oh, died God. No, like I bought it because it was marked 80% off at a 7-Eleven near my work and it tastes like shit. And I think it is the reason why my chest is currently hurting, oh, but God. I paid for it a whole, I think like 56 cents in the end and oh, I'm going to finish it. Wow. 
wow, holy shit. Yeah, we don't get alcohol <laughs> discounts like that up in Mass, so that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think they were just trying to get rid of it. Yeah. I didn't even <laughs> check the date, but it may have expired. You're basically a toxic waste stuff right now. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, however, as far as what I've been watching, uh, most recently, with the exception of the film we're going to be discussing, uh, I watched two films this week. One was uh, Identity from 2003 with uh, John Cusack, uh, John McGinley, Amanda P., uh, Ray Liotta. So a lot of well-known individuals that aren't exactly high-rating actors, but good actors nonetheless. Uh, it's a sort of psychological thriller to an extent slash crime drama. Uh, it moves pretty quickly, a very interesting movie. Uh, the other one, I recently sat down with my daughter to watch The Little Prince. Uh, now, she's only a year and a half, so I didn't expect her to understand this movie. However, ever after watching it, I don't expect any little kid to understand what's going on in this movie. Uh, it is definitely visually targeted towards kids, but story-wise, dialogue, everything else, definitely targeted towards, I'll say, a more mature audience in that having a certain ability to comprehend life. Uh, it does have a great deal of different types of uh, animation and illustrations. So if you are someone who can appreciate the art of, say, illustration and uh, animated movies, by all means, I recommend for that. Uh, however, it definitely takes a mature child to understand <laughs> what's going on in that movie. Just like the movie that we're going to be talking about tonight. Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely for kids. <laughs> a lot of good life lessons in tonight's movie. But, uh, Sean, thank you for being with us tonight. It's great to see you. Uh, oh, thank and, you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And as always, I'm the Mouth of the South, and what I'm drinking right now is none other than uh, Latvia's greatest liqueur, Black Balsam. Uh, this is like cherry cough syrup. It was set on fire and thrown down in your throat. I don't recommend it for any special occasion, but maybe after you see this movie, you want to drink it. So that's what I'm why I'm drinking it. Uh, but also, uh, I've been watching recently. I got back on. I've been going through Amazon Prime Video just to check out their movies because a lot of cool shows are coming back and being debuting are debuting on Amazon Prime soon. So I checked out Oliver Stone's Snowden, which starred uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Shailene Woodley. And I want to say it's really cool because it wasn't as conspiracy theory as Oliver Stone uh, gets into a lot of his movies. Um, they definitely make light of a lot of the stuff that uh, came out of the news about what type of tools like the NSA and CIA were using to eavesdrop not only on potential terrorist threats, but just also everyday people as well. Uh, but I thought it was actually really well done. Um, the only weird thing I thought about it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt makes this choice. I don't know if they used a vocoder on his voice or if it was him acting, but he drops his voice like two octaves while playing this guy. So you think he's kind of just has like a rock stuck in his throat the whole time as he's talking. <laughs> Um, but it's a really neat movie, especially if you were interested in like anything about Edward Snowden and wanted to just like kind of have an exploration of how working in this type of field can lead you to like have the most 
crippling paranoia, but also at the same time, be concerned about how your work's being used. It's a really interesting um, character study, I think. So I really enjoyed it. But we have other movies to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and before we dive into the nitty gritty and the spoilers of uh, the Happy Time Murders, I do have a lead up question that I wanted to ask you and just see who do you think this movie was for? And I'm just also going to add, what is your favorite Muppet or puppet movie? Abbott? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I think this movie is for children. I think you can safely assume that you can bring your kids to this movie. Um, Sean, I think you should bring uh, your daughter to go see this movie. I think she'd have an easier time understanding this one than The Little Prince. Um, but definitely, if you're going to bring kids, they, they should be accompanied by an adult. Um, but no, in all seriousness, don't bring kids to this movie. Uh, I think it's definitely geared for adult children. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was in a very empty theater at the last second. These three elderly women came in and they were cackling. I think it's very <laughs> much for a crowd who grew up with classic Muppets and have been expecting like a turn like this, like waiting for a rated R puppet movie or rated R Muppet movie. And this is finally the one that got delivered. And I think it delivers. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it's for the people who are more familiar with the Muppets. Not that there's like references or anything like that, but the people who can still laugh at like fart and poop jokes, but replace fart and poop with Coke and jizz. <laughs> All right. And what's your favorite uh, Muppet or puppet movie you see? Um, I would probably say um, Muppet movie would probably be a Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, but I did just recently see, uh, I guess there's a, a puppetry troupe out of Connecticut that makes um, short films, and they made a horror movie that's actually available on Amazon right now called Head that was actually fairly entertaining um, that was sort of getting me ready for seeing this movie, and I would highly recommend that, especially going into the Halloween season. If you're looking for a fun little horror puppet movie, check out Head on Amazon. I have an upcoming Fear Boners episode out about it coming soon, so if you want to hear more about it, check that out. Interesting. Sean? All right, well, I may not be going into this with the same vigor and excitement that Andrew did, however. Uh, this movie, I don't know if either of you guys uh, remember a show that was on, I believe, Comedy Central, I don't know, maybe early 2000s called Crank Yankers. Oh, yes. yeah. And which, uh, for any listeners that don't know what it was, basically they recorded prank phone calls and then had puppets reenact what they thought the person on the other line may look like, what the actions might be, what the surroundings, the environment might be. And it wasn't something that I feel, I mean, it didn't last, I don't know, that long, but I feel the type of person that would truly enjoy the movie Happy Time Murders is the type of person that would buy the seasons of Crank Yankers on DVD. Where it was upset when it was canceled. <laughs> yeah, like that's something that yeah, like uh, the prank phone calls were only a couple minutes, so I could understand. Yeah, you enjoy one for a couple minutes and then that's the end. Move on to something else. But to sit through something like that for an hour and a half, I just it's 
something that, yeah, you truly need a particular interest in a specific type of comedy and an obsession with puppets to truly uh, be a fan of. <laughs> this so movie. you're saying this movie is for psychos? Oh, I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and uh, Sean, what's your favorite Muppet or Puppet movie? Or do you even like Muppets or Puppets? Oh, absolutely I do. And uh, while Andrew was answering, I was busy looking at my DVD collection, which, yes, I still collect DVDs, not just <laughs> digital, uh, looking for what I remember to be my favorite. However, I can't for the life of me uh, remember it's an almost adult uh, creation by Jim Henson. Uh, it was a ser- it was a uh, television show actually. Um, trying to remember what it was called. Uh, what scrolling. was it about? It was a bunch. It was all different, like fairy tales and well, oh, the storyteller. Storyteller. There yeah, you go. that show is dope. Right. That's a really good uh, one. Actually, that's a better choice. Nice. Because it actually got into some rather dark and uh, really great actual plot stories that, like, twists and turns. and. It was uh, on HBO. Yeah. There you go. That's, yeah, yeah, that's why it was, like, kind of darker. And I have it on DVD, but for the life of me, I can't find it. However, yes, that has always been and will always be my go-to favorite once my daughter's old enough that is how i'm going to i don't know truly introduce her into <laughs> things that i'm cranking you know, <laughs> yeah because i mean <laughs> as of right now she watches shows like she watches sesame street and stuff but this is for uh once she grows beyond sesame street she will then be uh sat before tv and experience the storyteller now imagine grover with a big needle in his arm <laughs> <laughs> But uh, thank you, Sean. Uh, I would say like what I would say about this movie is if you just desperately need a Muppet fix of any sort right now, go out and see this movie. Other than that, I can't really recommend it for any Muppet uh, that it adds or detracts from anything that we've seen before. I think a lot of things in this movie, uh, you can definitely find a better like vulgar puppet movie that does everything that this movie does much better. Uh, but I would say my favorite Muppet or puppet movie would be the dark crystal. Uh, that's always going to be my go-to just because yeah, it can, uh, kids can watch it. It is definitely has more darker tones, uh, more mature themes to it, but it tells like one of the best fantasy stories ever told. Uh, there's nothing sexier than a Skeksis. I'm going to swear by that. And it's just awesome when the old lady is just popping out her eyeball all the time. I always thought that was awesome. Well, I'm not in a super Dark Crystal fan. I got to say, it is good and extremely underrated, in my opinion. Yeah. I was surprised nobody said Labyrinth. Well, that would have been my go to. <laughs> yeah, David Bowie's got the Muppet yeah. in his pants. <laughs> now, honestly, Labyrinth would have been my fallback had I not remembered the storyteller. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised I, I didn't remember that one. That is a really good one. Yeah. Cool. But we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with our spoiler-filled spoiler review of The Happy Time Murders. See you soon.
All right, and we are back. We are here to review The Happy Time Murders starring Melissa McCarthy and a bunch of Muppets that she's hanging out with. This is directed by Brian Henson, the son of Jim Henson. Trying out this new production studio called Ha with an exclamation point. Stands for Henson Alternative, so they definitely wanted to go for like a more mature, more vulgar route with this film. And we're going to start off by just talking about a little bit about what acting and characters stood out for you. And what did you think of the plot of this film? Uh, Abbott, if you could get us started. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, um, when you're sort of first introduced into the movie and it kind of gives you like a little bit of a montage of the, the main puppet character on his beat um, as a private detective. And he's kind of walking the streets and you see how puppets are treated differently. And it's sort of this like weird nitty gritty. It's not like the happy, hopeful uh, introduction to like a regular Muppet movie. You see like Muppets getting mugged or attacked by dogs or like doing drugs or um, and you just kind of it sets the mood right off the bat. But also at the same time, the production is so great because you you see so many full body puppets just moving around. And at first I was like, is that CG? Like it looks too weird. Like not like it's still kind of got that uncanny valley. Um, but one thing I noticed a few times, especially when it's like talking heads or like people like puppets talking or having a conversation, they didn't go all the way. And I feel like it would be too weird if the puppets blinked. Like, I, I feel like that would be too weird for me. Um, but it was still really impressive to me, at least, uh, when you see the, the large shots, there's a couple scenes where he's crossing the street and you see other puppets just walking around. It's really weird. They're three, three and a half feet tall. It, it really is kind of weird me out. Um, but, uh, you know, there were a few other things peppered throughout the film. Um, you know, maybe I'm a little immature, but I thought a lot of the jokes were really great. Some of them were a bit obvious. Um, there was a great Wu-Tang Clan reference mentioned at one point um, that they don't mention Wu-Tang, but they like they use a line from one of their songs. And it's it's uh, it, it perfectly fits the scene. And it's really funny. Um, but then also at the same time, I'm really glad that they didn't try to. Come, there was almost a moment in the beginning where they introduced this concept of, of puppets kind of um, uh, feeling the need that they have to entertain humans. And so there's that one scene where he's talking, uh, the, the, he gets back to his um, office and the puppet is kind of dancing and the kids are like picking on him. And he's like, no, I just want to dance and I just want to sing. And like, he's like, no, you don't have to, you don't have to dance for the man anymore. And then that's kind of like what set the tone. Like you knew that they were sort of oppressed by people, but now they're kind of their own thing. Like I thought there could be more, like it could be expanded upon. Like I liked the ideas that they were sort of bringing out or portraying, but like, it wasn't really that, like they weren't going to make this a deep movie, obviously. I think there were a lot of great ideas, but I don't think it really went anywhere. Um, but I'm, with that said, I'm really glad that they didn't try to turn it into some sort of fucked up musical. Yeah. Especially with like the main character. Uh, I don't think they had to go, go deep into the musical route, but um, it would have been nice to see more of his puppet nature that they actually kind of like allude to. He always seemed like to actually ignore all that and just be this hard boiled cop that got shat on, on the force and thrown off. But, um, I think they kind of missed a moment, like, especially when they talk about the, the incident that caused him to actually get thrown off the force, which was, he missed a shot of this, uh, criminal puppet holding his partner hostage and, killed a bystander, killed this little girl's dad. Um, 
but a puppet dad so it looks kind of goofy when it happens and (laughs) i thought it was always weird that he would always deny it and so i thought they were going to get to this big revelation of what actually happened that day and you just find out yeah he's been just in denial the whole time and he just yeah you missed you you choked and you missed and you shot an innocent guy and so i thought that was just kind it just felt like a little underserved uh when they uh when they showed that. And Sean, do you have anything you'd like to add about the uh, characters or the plot? Well, yeah, actually, sorry, just to go right off, continuing what you were saying with the main character himself, uh, just watching it, I felt a lot like the role of that character was written for how a human would portray it and then have aspects of throwing in since he's going to be played by a puppet into it to make it adjusted for a puppet rather than have it written as a puppet would play it per se um and i felt that really went along with the how the story sort of developed itself uh yes there were a few funny moments and jokes regarding like the incorporate incorporation of uh, puppets as like sentient beings into uh, human society. And I mean, to give an example of was uh, when Andrew was talking about at the beginning, setting that tone of uh, the puppet who was dancing on the sidewalk and then some kids like take his eye out and like start throwing it away, playing, keep it away with his eye, just like, but the guy wanted to sing and dance because that's, what his nature was as a puppet. So really gets into that. And uh, I got to say there were still, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the movie, but there were aspects I liked, like when they tried to one up a uh, team America with their puppet sex scene uh, <laughs> and just going into that. So uh, it's not that I hated everything about it. However, going to back to the storyline itself, it really was a simplistic, like low grade crime drama, like spelled out purely and not like they took a story that wasn't written for puppets and then just replaced like half the roles with Muppets in there uh, rather than had they written it out more so with puppets in mind beforehand rather than as an after afterthought. And then, incorporating ideas into it after the story was already written. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, also going back to that sex scene, it it just doesn't play really well. I mean, it just feels like I've seen this before and I've seen it 20 times better, which is in Team America. Like their (laughs) sex scene is a lot more disturbing. And also like the vomiting scene in Team America just is miles beyond what we see of like the silly string cum shot all over the office even though yeah it's it's a funny visual gag but it feels like it goes on for too long and doesn't really feel like they that there's any shock value to it i found like the only like shock or like surprise in this was like seeing the inbred puppet children and I thought oh, that yeah. was, I thought that was hilarious and disturbing at the same time when they just busted. There's these two puppet kids just like screaming at their mirror images of themselves. It was just hilarious when they did that. And to go off that exactly, uh, just to further that point, that scene, as funny as that was, showing like the 
physically deformed inbred puppets, it lasted for only a couple seconds at most, and then it was done. So, like, that's one of the reasons why I think it works so well, like, because that whole scene surrounding it could have carried that on further, and I think it would have detracted from it, but because of how short it was, I think that was one of the reasons why it was so good. Yeah, absolutely. And so... I think there's a lot of... Go um, go ahead, Alex. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of small things that could have definitely improved this movie. Like, I don't think it was great. I think it was highly entertaining. I think it was really funny. But like I said, some of the jokes are just like right there and you're already at the end before you start laughing. But like, you know, even something I was thinking about is like, yes, the inbred um, children were very funny and shocking and that was really well accomplished. But like something I was thinking about, there is the scene where we do see the one puppet vagina with like crazy purple hair. And like, I'm thinking, I was like, you know what would have been funny if they threw some googly eyes on it. (laughs) (laughs) That might've improved the gag. Like if there was some type of like Muppety, like type of thing that goes along with it. "Ah." (laughs) Yeah. And I feel, I mean, yeah. And like, we do see some puppet pussy in this movie. uh, And it's probably a first of its kind, but it's, uh, it's definitely something where like, huh, well, there was that. And you just kind of move on with the movie. And it's it's never like, it never feels shocking. Everything feels kind of like it came from something else and very derivative. And like you said, Sean, like very, very basic. And I just feel like you don't have like any cleverness or charm to it like you would have in like a similar movie like Who Framed Roger Rabbit where you had animated characters with humans in a very similar thing about a murder mystery whodunit type of thing. And I think that, like, when it comes to the story, if we look at, like, the murder mystery of the Happy Time gang being gradually killed and everybody thinks it's because of insurance fraud and it turns out to be a deeper connection that goes back to the P.I. and that accidental shooting he had where he killed the main... uh, the main uh, bad guy's uh, dad. Spoiler. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, we're spoiling everything. Um, and um, and I felt like, yeah, you, you kind of led to this, but it was such a basic way you led to this, and you mentioned these things just once or twice and never really built up, like, any relationships or with the other cast members. They were just there to show you, oh, here's the... Um, here's the, uh, Hollywood puppet that got his felt bleached and got his nose <laughs> done, which was his brother. Or, um, you got the, um, you got like, kind of like the Rasta, like fell on hard times as a sugar smacks addict under the beach and stuff. <laughs> so you do have like some very interesting like setups, but nothing really feels like it pays off. It's really weird. Even like going into the adult uh, movie store at the beginning um i feel like it's kind of humorous to see like the rabbit when he freaks out at the shotgun like drop an egg and some <laughs> purple like i guess purple piss i guess he had magical pee um but um but i thought what was funnier was seeing like the dog that looked like the uh pet smart dog like torturing that guy on the adult snuff film and stuff (laughs) or the the cow and the octopus doing the milking movie yeah that was just (laughs) goofy that that was just weird did anyone else in that uh sorry just to go off the 
cow getting milked by the octopus. Did anyone see there was a human who was either dead or unconscious on the floor next to them? No. No, I don't think I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, yeah. I think the movie definitely did feel like it was on rails. Like, it was yeah. just very much presented to you. It wasn't really giving the audience the benefit of the doubt. Like, the one part when they, they're in the strip club and, like, she has the moment with the rabbits and that's kind of funny when she, like, eats the carrot and they're all getting off and, like then she leaves the strip club with him and they have that kind of moment where they're catching up and she kind of wants to get back together with him and he's walking her to her car. I was like, Oh, well she's going to sit down in the car and the car is going to explode and she's going to be dead. And then that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. thinking the exact same thing uh, before it happened. I knew, all right, that's exactly what's going to happen. And then as soon as it showed it, uh, because there was nothing left of her, I knew, all right, later on, she's going to come back. She's going to come back. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I was gonna ask, uh, how did y'all feel about uh, some of the human characters? We have Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph in here, Joel McHale. Uh, how did y'all think they interacted with this puppet universe? Uh, with Joel McHale, I thought his character was a little forced. Um, Stanley from I mean, The Office was really good. Yeah. <laughs> he was uh, he was like the the stereotypical uh, angry black uh, police oh, lieutenant. Oh, that was him, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Like it was weird to hear him curse. Like it was almost weirder to hear him curse than it was to hear the puppets curse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, uh, as far as Melissa McCarthy is concerned, um, I felt the I guess uh, lines she necessarily had, but the comedy was slightly different than what her regular bag of tricks is. And I actually enjoyed her more in this than really anything else I've seen. I mean, I am by no means a Melissa McCarthy fan. Uh, I think she's not really funny for the same reason. I don't think, like, say, Chris Farley was funny. It's someone that they make their stand in comedy because they think they, like, have people that think fat plus loud plus obnoxious just automatically equals funny and that's all they have going for them so that's 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 why we're friends (laughs) (laughs) that's my whole bit i don't really think like that does equal funny however uh she downplayed a lot of what she normally exaggerates on in a lot of her roles and i thought it actually went very well yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Melissa McCarthy, for the most part, she was very solid in this movie. Uh, I felt that in some ways she was underutilized or just the script didn't serve her justice. I thought it was interesting to know that, like, she had, like, puppet parts in her. And I wish they kind of explored that <laughs> a little bit more. So we get to see her just, like, have a refrigerator full of, like, maple syrup. And she's always, like, trying to hit, like all this sugar that is like cocaine to the puppets and she has the same effects, which I think could have been a lot more humorous. It's, it's kind of humorous in the drug den that they're in, but at the same time, it, it's something that I felt like they just should have gone a little bit further with. Abbott, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I definitely was more um, into Maya Rudolph's character. I was hoping yes. for a bit more from her. I'm glad that the movie was a little bit heavier with her at the end, and I'm glad that they sort of kind of made that whole connection between her and the main character happen because it's sort of it's sort of cute in the beginning of the movie because you can tell she has a thing for him and like 
that was kind of a, a string that I'm glad they tied at the end. Um, Melissa McCarthy, I'm on the same boat. Like, I'm not a huge fan. Like, I was kind of, you know, I was happy with what they did with her in the Ghostbusters. And, um, you know, I did have fun watching this movie. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, mind-blowing. You know, it wasn't uh, anything new. It wasn't anything fantastic. But I think, uh, considering the fact that most of her interactions and most of her things were with puppets, it's still impressive, because that's probably... I can only imagine it's twice as hard as, you know, talking to someone's hand. You know, reading someone's movements or, like, getting your timing down or figuring out how to respond or how to, you know, feed your lines is probably a lot different when you're dealing with a sock on someone's hand. Yeah, and I'll agree with you. I think Maya Rudolph's Bubbles is probably the best thing about this movie. Her character, she definitely dives into that character probably more than was expected of her. Uh, And you feel like this is a character that belongs in this universe where she is among puppets, a human being that lives among puppets. She has a bit of an affinity for them. She likes... uh, the private investigator, but also at the same time, she's like the only positive force in his life right now. And she knows that he can go through rough times and yeah, and that he's easily strong along with this femme fatale that walks in that he has random sex with. But, um, but also she stays loyal and it's really cool to see that she actually cares about him and like see how, um, she'll help out Melissa McCarthy uh, try to hunt down who is behind all this. Like when they go to, I forget the evil character's name, but when they go to her apartment and suddenly set all the evidence on fire after just pressing the button, I thought that was like one of the best gags in the movie. And it was done by two human beings. It wasn't done by the puppets. Yeah, I think the the big takeaway is if, like, you know, in real life, if you can find a, a sweet enough woman that will will deal with cleaning up your gallons and gallons of silly string jizz, <laughs> then you, you found yourself a keeper. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I'll go ahead and make it a unanimous opinion about uh, Maya Rudolph's uh, influence in this movie. I mean, I know her mostly just for bit parts in movies here and there, but... I mean, she is one of those individuals that'll take a supporting role and without going overboard by any means, she'll be able to uh, almost get it. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, All right. I have a horrible vocabulary, but she'll be able to take uh, a supporting role and make it a almost crucial part in the story regardless of it being written as that she makes herself a crucial part of the story beyond just the role itself and she's just really good at hyping up almost a uh supporting role without exaggerating it at any point yeah absolutely any other thoughts on uh characters or plot i think i pretty much covered everything oh the one thing okay actually the one thing that just came to me is so they made it apparent that there is this weird thing with dogs and puppets like the dogs kept eating puppets or the dogs were like a life threat to puppets but then there's a puppet dog later in the movie how does that fucking work i mean that's the same that's the same thing (laughs) as the um i was gonna say the Odie and garfield scenario but no it's the uh um (laughs) the pluto and the um pluto and goofy Pluto and Goofy scenario. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of weird. 
one's like a human dog hybrid, the other's a real dog. It's a I mean, it's an odd mix. Yeah, even it's without the human. It's just a consensual S and M relationship between two dog people. <laughs> I mean, the fact yeah. that you have a mouse who has a pet dog. I mean, yeah. Yeah, cartoons, they're weird. <laughs> they break the rules. All right. Anything else uh, we want to talk about for characters or plot? Good? All righty. Cool. So let's actually talk a little bit about um, the technical features. So um, I think this is mostly about how they gelled the puppets into a realistic world and how do you think it worked um sean how about you start this off uh going off something andrew had mentioned earlier just yeah about how you can see these uh full body puppets and i mean it wasn't just putting cgi or uh overlaying cells on top of uh these uh screenshots or anything it was uh, a lot of green screen work. And I mean, at the end during like the credits and stuff, it actually shows a little bit like sort of behind the scenes stuff. And it really shows how much time, how much effort, how much money was gone in, had, went into the production of uh, being able to not just put puppets into the human world in this story, but put puppets into the human world in our world as they were filming, not just the movie itself, but the actual onset while this uh, was filming, they had just people in complete green, uh, green suits, like multiple people controlling a single puppet to make them like have almost completely natural uh, movements. And uh, I mean, my favorite, Going into the technical part, my favorite effect was the uh, uh, silly string uh, cum shot that occurred in the... <laughs> so the simplest, probably cheapest uh, <laughs> effect was, I don't know, my favorite. But really, it's ridiculous. I had a loss for words as uh, trying to explain how good a job they did on the actual production value for the uh, puppets physically being there. Yeah, I would, I would uh, agree. Um, I think that uh, the production value, especially when you see at the end kind of how, you know, some of those puppets were full body and they actually had people in the puppets, like that one dog puppet, the Russian dog puppet that keeps calling the women bitches. Like oh, yeah, there was the a drool. full person and that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The drool and, coming um, down his mouth and stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, some of the contraptions they had set up or like they show how they shoot the sex scene. And it's kind of funny. Cause then at that point things break and like, you just tell the people who made this movie are really good. Like I've known some people who are really into puppetry. Um, and, like, you can just tell that they love what they do and they're having fun doing it. And that does kind of come across in this movie really, really well. Like, I would have loved to have any sort of role in the production of this film because it just seems like it would have been hilarious. Um, but one thing that kind of stood out for me, kind of comparing it to that movie, I saw I saw the, the puppet horror movie that I had mentioned earlier the day before I went to go see this, and that one was very gory. Like, they made the gore real. Like, there was, like, fake blood, there was guts, and there was... Um, all this crazy stuff that happened in that horror movie. And this movie is fairly violent as well, but all the all the gore is handled with, like, fluff. 
Like yeah. there's like fluff everywhere. Like the, the the puppets are pulled apart or they're dismembered, but there's no blood. It's literally just mostly just like stuffing and you know bits and pieces and stuff. And it's it looks gory and it's implied and people's reactions kind of do it. And I think that was a good move for them to do it that way. But also it is kind of weird at the same time because like it's portrayed in that way. But then there's the whole side story of Melissa McCarthy getting a liver. So like you know that these puppets have guts but then they're full of fluff. So it's like, well, where are the guts? So that was like a weird loophole that I was kind of stuck in for a little bit when I was thinking about it. Um, but another thing that uh, is also troubling me is there's a, there's a scene with Maya Rudolph and um, Melissa McCarthy where they're talking about the potential for the um, detective to wind up in jail, and they discuss a method of torturing inmates called peeloffing, <laughs> where... <Yes. laughs> <laughs> where the prisoners will take the puppets and rip out all their stuffing and fill them with rice pilaf and then fuck them. And they fuck them so hard that the rice pilaf turns into mashed potatoes, the consistency of mashed potatoes. And it's a really funny scene and it's like a terrible, terrible thing. And it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of scary the way she's talking about it, but it's also, you can't help but laugh because it's so ludicrous. I thought that was going to come back around. I thought that like someone was going to wind up in jail and we would see, like, we wouldn't see it happening, but we would see, like, you know, there'd the be, like, a prisoner with, like, what, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, and, like, I was, I'm upset that we didn't get to see that, like, it's funny that it's implied, but I would have liked to see it, which is, like, a total terrible gross thing for me to say, but I think that would have been hilarious, um, but, yeah, I think this movie was really well crafted for a puppet movie, I think it has the same care that a regular Henson production would have, and, uh, yeah, I look forward if they do another project or anything like that i think it'll be interesting to see where they can take it and what they can do with technology nowadays yeah uh i mean i'll definitely be there with you i think i mean there's definitely a lot of technical marvel here especially with how they keep the puppets looking so natural in the real world but also just having puppet masters that can do these articulate maneuvers with the puppets like every time um, the detective lit his cigarette just seeing them open the lighter and flick the lighter to turn it on, I thought was really cool. Uh, but on the other hand, I also thought like they repeated a lot of stuff as well. Like every time you take a deep drag off his cigarette and just like blow 12 gallons of smoke out. Um, I got sick of it after the second time. I was like, you got to move on to something else to piss these people off. But is like every time like the cops or the FBI were in his face, he would just like take a drag on a cigarette and just blow smoke out on their face. So I thought that was just kind of boring. But they do, I mean, show off some very technical merits. I just think it's all over the place. Like we see like the octopus milking the cow or like the dog twisting the fireman's <laughs> nipples. Uh, and yeah, they're, it's just so bizarre and so weird that they actually take the time to set up a scene like that with puppets. Um, I just feel like something like Team America does all that stuff much better with much more cleverness and just a lot more depth than um, what this movie can give us. So, yeah, the technical aspects there, I just wish it was around a better movie. Kind of makes me wish they... that Like, since I don't know if Brian Henson's trying to... Um, like start this production company to make more adult oriented like puppet films specifically or just for his own production studio to get away from the big Jim Henson studio um, umbrella. 
But um, if it's supposed to be centered around puppets, why not start with something like Avenue Q, which is like kind of an established vulgarity piece with puppets? Even though I know you said you hated musicals. I mean, <laughs> it's a musical, but it's a beloved musical that people would definitely go out and see. I'd have to say, if Brian Henson can get uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker to write a movie for him, I think that'd be good. That would be a match made in heaven. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Any other thing about the technical uh, details about this movie? I didn't have anything. All right. So we'll move on to our final thoughts. Uh, and so, Abbott, what are your final thoughts about this movie? I, I'm standing by it i really enjoyed it you know i was i've been in a mood where i've just been watching i'm gearing up for the halloween season so i am like getting deeper and deeper into watching like solely horror movies so i was like eh, maybe this time like i don't watch that many comedies so it was like the right time for me to watch this because i needed a laugh um but i do think i would be excited to see a sequel to this movie maybe not with the same characters but in the same world um i think it could potentially work as like an hbo series because i know they tried to shop a more mature muppets series that didn't last that long because it wasn't well received but i think something like this could work um i think it would be funny like a short 10 episode mini or something like that um and yeah i think you know the more bizarre weird stuff that you can fit into a universe that looks like it's made for children i think the better um and one thing that comes to mind and i know i just recently showed this to sean is if anybody's interested in more weird bizarre um puppet stuff definitely look into uh, a series called don't hug me i'm scared which is on youtube it's a six episode like little short thing that you can watch and it's it's pretty bizarre and kind of does the same sort of like it's presented as a children's show but gets really weird um, but I think that's really within my wheelhouse. So I think this is also sort of a fear boner because of the strange uncanny Valley. Cause every time you saw a three foot, <laughs> three and a half foot tall, like puppet, just walking, like the spaghetti legs, just, ugh, they, they ook me out a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean. Uh, well, I mean, going into this movie, I knew it's not going to be a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, going in, I knew it wouldn't be. So I wasn't disappointed with that. It wasn't a good movie. However, I did think it would be a fun movie. And I won't say I was completely let down, but it didn't meet expectations. I'll go that far. Um, so it's not necessarily a movie I would recommend to anyone uh, from myself. However, it's not too bad that, say, if I'm hanging out with someone and they hadn't seen it before, they're on their Roku or their Apple TV or whatnot, they're going through some sort of streaming service and Hey, this movie pops up. I wouldn't like force them not to watch. I wouldn't like bash it and say, no, don't watch it. It's one of those that if they watch it and enjoy it, then by all means that's on them, uh, more power to them. If they don't, it's a movie that at least is an experience that would, allow you to appreciate the quality of other stuff. For example, uh, like when you were doing the uh, comparison with uh, Team America on how in-depth uh, they're able to get with it, uh, with less, uh, less materials and whatnot, uh, something like this actually lets you appreciate the art, per se. 
so while not something I'd recommend, it's not something I'd necessarily shun. Uh, I do regret paying the seven dollars for my ticket plus ten bucks for popcorn and uh, uh, soda. Seven, However, seven dollars is a deal, man. Yeah, that's well, a steal. <laughs> yeah, it's because uh, I'll go like early morning show, like the first showing of the day. Uh, definitely good discount, uh, but I wouldn't have regretted it as much had yeah, like I just watched it on Netflix or something. It would have just been like, okay, I watched it. Probably will never watch it again, but it's whatever. Yeah. And for my final thoughts, I would say that uh, this movie, even though the, it was good just visually to see how technically well the mar- the puppets were done, it ultimately is a movie that falls flat because it just feels uninspired and unoriginal. And we've mm-hmm. seen all this before where... Uh, this tries to be a mix of Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Team America, and it kind of is not doing anything better than any of those movies do. And both of those movies are fantastic movies. I would say if you have to see this movie, um, see it for Maya Rudolph and see it for the inbred puppet children. Probably the two <laughs> best things about this film. It's like, uh, do you remember that movie with Brad Pitt, Cool World? Cool World, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It was supposed to be like yeah. an animated movie for adults and just kind of was like, eh, it's fun to watch sometimes, but I can go 10 years without even thinking about it. Right. Yeah, yeah it is definitely forgettable. But with that, we have been the Down and Front Podcast. Uh, and so, Sean, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle happens to be my full name, but at Sean M. Bukowski, uh, Sean spelled S-E-A-N-M, Bukowski, B-U-K-O-W-S-K-I. However, in addition to that, you can find a podcast that I personally host and sometimes with our fellow uh, co-host here, Andrew, uh, called the Would It Fly podcast. Uh, You can either follow that on Twitter, simply at Would It Fly, or our website, uh, woulditfly.podbean.com. And just to give you an idea of what this podcast is, uh, I don't know if you've ever been stoned watching a movie and ever thought, wow, if only we could take some aspect of that movie, something that they're doing, put it in real life, I can make a fortune. Well, in our podcast, we actually have rational and logical discussions on whether that idea would actually succeed. That is the podcast in a nutshell. That sounds awesome, Sean. Thank you for plugging your podcast and your work. And thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for giving me the platform to do so. Yeah, no problem. And Mr. Abbott, where can we find more of your work? Yeah, mostly uh, uh, parallel to the Down in Front podcast. We also are releasing... The Fear Boners episodes, mostly centering around horror or horror derivative films. Um, We have a few episodes uh, coming out soon. Um, We have one, like I said, about the film Head that's also a puppet horror movie. Um, So if you haven't gotten your fill of fluff from this episode, feel free to check that out soon. Um, We have another episode coming out soon about the Bridgewater Triangle. So uh, keep a lookout on the Down in Front Twitter, or you can check out the Fear Boners Twitter at... Fear Boners DIFP for updates. Awesome. Thanks for being with us tonight. 
And I am the Mouth of the South Brylon. You can always find me and my three-eyed children puppets on Twitter at Brylon, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Um, sometimes when I get around to it, I'll post many movie reviews on Instagram at I am Bryland. And you can also find me being the host of the Gamescast, twitch.tv slash downfrontpodcast. We are going to start back up. We just finished a Battle for Azeroth uh, week-long crusade through that and i continue to play that I just reached 120 which is a great milestone to continue to play that and never have a life again um, <laughs> but yeah definitely tune in when we post our uh, messages on twitter you'll definitely uh see me put all those things up and definitely tune in we'd love to have y'all and so with the down in front podcasts you can always find more of our awesome work at our website, downinfrontpodcast.com. If you need to tweet us, you can tweet us at underscore D-I-F-P. Um, you can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash downinfrontpodcast. We also will post our um, our links on Instagram, which is at downinfrontpodcast. And as always, we always like contributions that help us kind of continue to make really great work. So if you have a dollar to spare or, you know, the equivalent of an Arizona iced tea, go to patreon.com slash downfrompodcast where you can donate to our worthy cause of continuing to provide amazing content such as this. And also we might throw in some other perks. Maybe we'll give you Andrew Abbott's beard. Who knows? Hey, it's here just waiting for you. <laughs> But with that, uh, one last sting. I uh, just got a text uh, from Mike Blewett. He says that we have to have fans email us at Jesse's Silly String Come at ymail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. And with that, we've been in the Downfront Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this evening and have a great night. Love your puppets, everyone.